Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time, so we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood history. My name is Corey. And my name is Jeff. So, Corey, how do you watch movies nowadays? Well, nowadays, it's a, it's a two-pronged system. Two-prong, <laughs> huh? Yeah, you know, like often when I'm watching one movie on like my television, I've got my phone out and I'm simultaneously either researching the actors or the topic that that particular movie is, or I, I might be watching another series at the same time or another movie and they kind of just wow. blend together they kind of you blend know, together you know it might be easier if those two movies you were watching were at were just one movie yeah because then i could watch four movies at the same time jeff that's true that's true you know wouldn't it be good if on this episode tonight we came up with our favorite mashups like our favorite two movies we could put together that should be the best movies of all time that we could put into one movie and that would be our favorite movie like we could take yeah. our our favorite movies put them together into one movie movie Why don't we on do the that big tonight? screen movie on our on our handheld screen what is those what are those magic combinations what is the peanut butter and jelly of movies right there jeff yes what is the pastrami and bologna of movies <laughs> You know what? That's probably a better description of what this is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what this probably is? This is more of a liverwurst and onions kind of a thing. Like it's sure. not going to be. It's it's going to be a little. It's going to be a little, little less it's than a, peanut butter and jelly. It's or. a Canadian bacon and pineapple of movies. Are you kidding? Most people love Canadian bacon and pineapple, and most people like a lot of movies that are absolute garbage. <laughs> so here we go. Oh Let's well, someone's an elitist. So we're going to we're going to jump right in. Let's jump right in, Corey, and we'll go into the some different movies that we like that we can mash together that are like your peanut butter and jellies. Some of them will be like peanut butter and jellies and some of them will be like maybe a maybe a Canadian bacon and pineapple pizza. You know, you know, what's like Canadian bacon and and pineapple, Jeff. Mary Poppins and Child's Play. Yes, I actually think that's more of a more of a pastrami and a. And a bologna, but it might be more bologna and pastrami. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Either cool. way. <laughs> so let's jump right into our first pick, which is which is Mary Poppins and Child's Play, which for those of you who are not into horror, that's Chucky. Throw throw me the pitch. Throw me the, the plot of this movie. You know, there's a there's a the, these uh, there's a what is it as a fucking meat, uh, evil puppet doll thing. That's kind of like a kid. <laughs> right. You Maybe have never Mary, seen Chucky, huh? I've never seen it. Uh, Mary Poppins. <clears throat> I know Mary Poppins deals with children and there's a demonic child person or like, you know, Ms. Mary Poppins and, and the Omen. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But Mary Poppins comes to a family that has an evil presence living amongst their children or childlike beings like a Chucky doll. Let me help you out here, Corey. I'm yes, feeling please. that when you go up to the to the nursery. You see Mary Poppins. She's loving it. She's in that room. She's in her environment. And then all of a sudden she sees a doll, a doll that's been possessed by a by someone who has died before and is trying to get back 
into another person's body. And the only way it can get back somebody's body is by possessing a child's doll. And that mm-hmm. child's doll becomes demonic and tries to kill somebody. And who best to kill? Fucking Mary Dick Van Dyke. Bob. Oh, Dick Van Dyke. Because why? That terrible English accent. So in this version <laughs> of the movie, Dick Van Dyke goes down. And Mary Poppins and her two and the two kids save save the day and they kill the Chucky doll. And then all of a sudden Mary Poppins flies away with the head of the Chucky doll. You don't have to have any more Chucky movies because they were all terrible. And Chucky the sings end. a song about slicing time. <laughs> slicing time. Slicing, slicing time. time. Slicing time. Slicing time. Yeah. Fuck your stupid accent, Dick Van Dyke. Is he, but he calls him Dick Van Dyke throughout the entire movie, too. Yeah, he won't, he won't call him by the character name. <laughs> he won't call him Bert. He just calls him Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> like it's a dig. <laughs> He's just calling right. him a name. <laughs> All right, we should. And there's an animated sequence. Super califragilistic expiala. Fuck shit up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the next movie we're going to move on to is more of a comic book fans wet dream so this is batman versus iron man picture this audience or producer a superhero movie about the only heroes that aren't super (laughs) exactly neither one of these men are superheroes yeah they're rich take it from batfleck himself (laughs) and each one of them have cool suits with lots of gadgets lots of toys lots of toys where do they get all those toys go at each other in a battle royale to see whose suits are the coolest. Oh, I was going to say it's a battle royale to see who has the best uh, access to military surplus. Yeah. And, and none <laughs> of this bullshit with them having to call in the fucking Avengers hmm. or the justice league. Eh, eh. This is just Indeed. Batman versus Iron Man. No Superman coming in to save the day. No, no Captain America. This is just the two of them fighting it out. Who, who do you think would win this fight? I mean, this is a Godzilla versus King Kong level mashup here, Jeff. Who do you think if, would if win? If Godzilla and King Kong were like this big instead of like this big and they could actually like not had any real powers. And one of them is in a mechanized suit and the other one yeah. <laughs> is in a rubber suit. Yeah, is in a, is in a yeah, he's in <laughs> spandex. Well, I guess he's in he's in like tough rubber. He's in like, uh, you know, some re- reclaimed tires. <laughs> Yeah, depending Rubber. on what what movie you've seen, you know, I mean, you you might have a movie with nipples on it. You never know. It's true, and a bat credit card. <laughs> it's apparently, I mean, apparently, Batman is cash poor, credit rich. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man is rolling with a pacemaker. So, Corey, what do you think? That is true. Yeah, that, that's an interesting concept. I think that Iron Man's technology probably has the one up on Batman because he's got like rockets and shit that he shoots out of his shoulders. But you're right. I think Batman could probably figure out a way to sort of hack uh, Iron Man's sort of biotech and short circuit his pacemaker. And that would, yeah, I mean, that that could totally uh, undo Iron Man, shut his whole system down. Yep. Okay. Moving on to the next one. Um, Let's go, Corey. Do you want to do the Willy? Oh, I believe this my, is my favorite mashup ever, Jeff. <laughs> it's uh, two of both of our favorite childhood movies. <laughs> and that is The Wonder of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And the hilarity of Polly Shore and one of the yeah. Baldwin brothers in Biodome. This is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Biodome. 
Yes. Imagine, if you will, that while Willy Wonka is toiling away in, you know, his his chocolate factory with all of his Oompa Loompas trying to make, you know, the best chocolate in the world. Polly Shore and his dumbass friend. No, no, no. But in Doyle. But in Doyle. They sneak into the chocolate factory as it's about to close for a year of new development. Doors will not be opened until the golden tickets are are sent out for the children to arrive. It's like a prequel. But Bud and Doyle from Biodome are inside and they start fucking shit up. They're doing mini travels, mini yeah. travels over there by the chocolate chocolate river instead of <laughs> instead of foam coming on that on that weird foam car that's just going to be a bunch of fucking weed and it turns into smoke and they're just hot boxing the whole thing. It's going to be awesome. They're fucking up the pH levels of the chocolate river. <laughs> <laughs> they have girlfriends on the outside, but then they fall in love with two uh, yeah, Oompa Loompa ladies. Careful. And the whole movie is about the, the entire year. Willy Wonka and all the Oompa Loompas have to figure out a way to restore the chocolate factory back to glory instead of trying to figure out new ways to do things. But in the process, Bud and Doyle figure out cool new things by fucking shit up, like the bubble gum. That's See, every right, they come I, up with a couple ideas that they hadn't even thought of. Uh, you know, uh, Willy Wonka was just a chocolatier; he didn't even think about gum, right? And they were like, <laughs> well, "What? What if? Like that's because that's such a stoner idea, right? A, a piece of bubble gum that's an entire eight course meal or whatever. Or if the gum tasted like purple sticky punch." That's that's stoner candy. But can you imagine though? Wait for well for wait, hold on. First of all, I think if we're if we're really making this mashup movie, it should have the entire biodome team in there to make you pH want that balances sweet mother correct. Faulkner in there? I want the sweet mother Faulkner in there. Mm. And I also want Kylie Minogue in oh, there yeah. with she's one of the she's one of the Oompa Loompas. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because Bud and Doyle, first of all, they need to fall in love. It's part of the movie. Okay. And they need to fall in yeah. love with Kylie Minogue. And they also need to fall in love with uh Dara Tamanovich, mm -hmm, <laughs> the other, the yep. other girl that's in it, and, and, and Kylie uh, Minogue. <laughs> but yeah, we need these. We need these. We need this movie. This is my favorite of our mashups. Stop thinking locally. Start thinking chocolatey. <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Biodome, <laughs> and that's the title of this podcast. Okay, moving on. We've got. The next mashup, which is going to be Jurassic Park, First Blood. Oh, it's Rambo and dinosaurs. Yep. This He's is going to be killing the Viet Cong and people in rural America that don't understand his PTSD. He's now hunting velociraptors. Exactly. Instead of every other movie where Rambo was in, inside of Vietnam trying to save his save his other rangers and he sent in with just himself and a bow and arrow. He is set into Jurassic Park. There is a group of paleontologists and anthropologists that are lost inside of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World, and only Rambo can go and find them. And this time it's also personal. <laughs> He's on a rescue mission to extract Dr. Ian Malcolm <laughs> with his bow and arrow against raptors. <laughs> <laughs> if we have Jeff Goldblum in this, that's, uh, that's uh, the best thing. Rambo uh, finds a way. 
Rambo finds a way should be the uh, should be the the slogan for this movie. <laughs> Rambo finds a way. Yeah. Oh, you clever girl. Um, yeah, although I, I, I do this this movie would probably be pretty epic. <laughs> although, okay, to be serious, if they Honestly, made this movie, like it wouldn't giant be Rambo guns mowing down fucking apatosauruses and shit. You know, if they they would make this movie with The Rock. Oh fuck yeah! They should they should with the rock. Absolutely. You know what? It's been published now. <laughs> if this happens, we need royalties. Yeah, fine. You know what? Epic. The other the other mashup we could do is Expendables, Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Every action hero ever battling dinosaurs, with the exception of Steven Seagal because he sucks. Yeah, and he's fat now. Man, everybody hates him, and you're gonna see why because every one of his interviews, he's a dick. Mm, always was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next movie is Corey's favorite title, which oh. is, <laughs> which is we're combining two movies that have basically the same premise. <laughs> one is going to be Dances with Wolves, starring my favorite golfing movie star Kevin Costner, and we're smashing that together with. The movie Avatar in our version called Dances with Avatar. Dances with Avatar. I love this title so much. In our version, oh, great. Kevin Costner rides out after a horrible battle where he has the assignment to go on the plains. Instead of finding the Sioux Indians, he finds the first ever Navi, these seven foot tall blue people. <laughs> The ones that would, for no reason other than because movies be hiding in plain sight as seven foot beings on Earth. <laughs> because nobody has been out to the plains ever. Right. It's the West. It could it happen. Been uncharted, right? Yeah. It's How do we know that Avatars West. didn't live there? It's true. They're, like, they're just seven foot tall blue people that could have lived out there. Now, this is a very popular movie, Avatar, Jeff, and it has a lot of... Uh, a lot of fans. I'm, fe- I'm speaking facetiously. I don't think that there's anybody who's actually legitimately a fan of the, the movie Avatar. What about after but the next should, four movies come out? We should clarify that um, the Avatar is not the native people. They are the Navi. Yes. So, but Dances with Navi doesn't scream Avatar because though it's the highest grossing movie of like all time, nobody knows any details of the world <laughs> or the movie. So... Dances with Avatar, um, but yeah, the the Navi are these are hidden people in 1860s America. <laughs> yeah, apparently place. instead of being on the planet that they were living on, Pandora. Instead of living on Pandora, they apparently are now living here in the 1860s United States, mm-hmm. North America, in uncharted Antebellum America. <laughs> yeah, in <laughs> uncharted American West, yeah. and uh, somehow they've they've gotten here. You know, it could happen. We don't know. Yeah. And uh, the Navi are living here. Yeah, I, I think uh, this is this is the plot for Avatar four. Right. Like they're actually uh, or, five. Is, or five or five or three, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. One of them. One of them. They're living in the West. I don't know. Uh, the Avatar three. The uh, the Avatar strikes back. All right. Our next film. <laughs> uh, this next film is uh, Terror in the Water, Jeff. What movie comes to mind when we talk about terror in the water? Jaws. Jaws. And another movie where it's not safe to swim. Titanic. Titanic. Right, Jeff. Never gave a never gave a piece of her fucking door. There's plenty of room. The Mythbusters proved it. She could have <laughs> she could have redistributed her weight. 
he could have climbed up right up on there. One of two things happened there, Jeff. Either she's selfish or he's just an idiot. Or what else could have happened? (laughs) There could have been something in the water. There could have been something in the water. (laughs) That took him down. Yeah. Jaws, Jeff. Jaws. Jaws and Titanic. So this movie doesn't end with the boat splitting up and breaking apart. This movie starts with the shipwreck. Boats crashing, everybody going in, and you think like, oh, that sucks. Like a big, big boat wreck, like everybody's in the water, and then all of a sudden it turns into open water, and now everybody's in a fight to survive against a rogue shark that's eating them one by one. And I know everyone out there is thinking, wait, but sharks don't go in, in water that's that cold. Well, this one did. Yeah. This is sharks. a this is a a sub Antarctic shark. Yeah, it's out there. Look it up. I'm sure sub, it's out there in Wikipedia. Sub Arctic, I think, not Antarctic. Uh, whatever, other whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and if it's not on on Wikipedia, give me five minutes. It'll be on there in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sharks don't also kill for revenge either. But you know, they do in this was, movie. That was a plot for one of the Jaws movies. So did you ever is... see the Meg? Right. Yeah. Right. Sharks aren't that sentient and don't care about specific people (laughs) they do about these people so it's jaws 8 titanic and it would star jason statham would be in there somewhere i don't know where he would be jack in there somewhere he would now we still have to have leo drug under but then he'd fight back and he'd pop back up i was thinking maybe we can put him in the band somewhere you know (laughs) so he could use like maybe the violin as like a as like a (laughs) Is, is like something to beat the shark with, you know, or kill the shark with that. He's you could just, do some like damage with that bow. You know what I mean? He's one of the guys just playing sad cello music on the deck while it's sinking. until he gets into the water and then he gets into the water and now he has weapons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then the rock plays the shark. It's a, it's a whole thing. <laughs> All right. Next on our list, we've got, one of the most exciting and heartwarming movies of a Christmas time, Home Alone, mm. about a kid who is left home by his neglective and terrible parents. Let's say it's a very heartwarming movie about <laughs> child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of calling Child Protective Services, they call the police. The police neglect the parents' cries for help and just say, tell them to count their kids again, which is very weird. And what we do is we want to combine this movie with another heartwarming holiday movie, The Shining. Right. So in this movie, Kevin McAllister, instead of fighting off loving, fun Joe Pesci um, and his partner, Daniel Stern, in this movie, who was the voice of the Wonder Years, of course. He was. Instead of doing that, in this movie, he is going to fight off the crazy lunatic Jack Nicholas. And also set traps for the twins and, uh, you know, <laughs> drop, drop an iron in the bathtub of that creepy lady and um, set a way to trigger the blood the elevator. Like all of those things are going to be booby trapped and it's him against the hotel. <laughs> so in this time, he's going to be on the tricycle. But instead, yeah. when the when the girls show up, he's going to stand there and say, this is my house. I have to defend it. Hey, girls, you missed me. <laughs> and there's a tarantula that crawls across uh you know jack's face it's a whole thing (laughs) definitely home alone the shining though is actually that's something i would say i would totally see yeah yeah absolutely home alone but like fighting ghosts and a crazy you know axe wielding maniac and when he 
smashes the thing in and he says, here's Johnny. The blowtorch will blowtorch his head. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bust right through that door. As soon as he sticks his head in blowtorch, then feathers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, when he's chasing him through the, the, uh, the hedge maze, right? You think all is lost. Until the groundskeeper, played by the the old man neighbor, old man smacks, smacks him, in the, him in the back of the head with a <laughs> shovel, a snow shovel. End of movie. Yeah, this is a great combo. I would watch this movie again. Hollywood produces. If you're listening, give us royalties when you make this movie because it'll also make millions of dollars like the other Home Alone movies. All right, Jeff. War war movies. War right? is hell. War is hell in any era. It's true. What if? We take one of the most epic war battle movies of all time, Braveheart. But instead of focusing on, you know, Scottish independence, because let's face it, it's political and boring, right? And that movie was highly historically inaccurate. (laughs) So let's make it even more historically inaccurate, Jeff. Exactly. Where William Wallace was not the leader of the Scots just yet. He was just a lowly well, he private. Wasn't. He <laughs> wasn't. I know. I know. But I'm saying we're, we're continuing with the historical inaccuracies here. When he was just a lowly private in the ranks of the Scottish militia, Jeff. Okay. They were fighting, you know, and word got back to the generals. <laughs> I don't know what the military hierarchy of the medieval Scottish army was. Robert the Bruce. To- Got right. back to Robert the Bruce. It got back to a lord of some sort that the Wallace family had sent out all of its male uh, children as as warriors, and two of them had died in a recent battle, and there was Which only one left. Right. So that Lord Bruce decides to <laughs> Bruce. put together what's what's his name? <laughs> Robert the Bruce. Yeah, Lord Bruce. Lord Bruce decides to get a ragtag group of of Scottish soldiers together to go behind enemy lines to extract and save Private Braveheart. (laughs) Private Wallace. Yeah, saving Private Wallace. And I'm sure I'm guessing that these guys, these Scotsmen are led by Tom Hanks. Yes. And in blue paint. uh, In blue paint. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Because they, they may take our land, but they'll never take our, our Wallace. Our Wallace. <laughs> and then the last one that we're gonna do is the most epic clash that we have. This one's this one's by this one's just just balls out the best combination of movie. It is new school with old school, really old school Hollywood mm-hmm. with with new school directing. This is the Pulp of Oz or Wizard of Fiction. This yeah. is the combination of Tarantino's Pulp Fiction and The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. In our movie, we have Vincent and Jules, just like in the original. But in this movie, the briefcase they have actually holds the heart, the brain, and the ticket home for Dorothy. They are trying to travel back to the Emerald City to give it to the Wizard of Oz, who in this case is Marcellus Wallace. Mm -hmm. Corey, do you want to take it from there? So Marcellus Wallace, uh, as the sort of wizard, has to, uh, you know, uh, 
get something in return for giving out these gifts that, uh, you know, Vincent and Jules are bringing uh, for him, for Dorothy and, and the rest of them. So he makes Dorothy and uh, the Tin Man and the Scarecrow uh, played one of them is played by Harvey Keitel. I'm thinking probably the Scarecrow. And then uh, Quentin Tarantino has his cameo as uh, the Cowardly Lion. And everybody's really uncomfortable with how many times he's saying the N-word. But the uh, Marcellus Wallace needs them to go assassinate the evil witch of the West in order to earn their gifts that are in that briefcase with the golden light. Right. And then it's all told out of order. And you have no idea what the fuck is going on yeah, so, or who's connected to who. So really what you see is like the, the tornado actually happens at the end in this yeah. movie. So the tornado happens at the end. It's <laughs> a weird happens, like black and white sequence in the middle of the movie. <laughs> yeah. She actually wakes up and says, and you were there and you were there. That actually happens right in the middle of the movie. Yeah. So this movie's all a little crazy. Yeah. And uh, there's a there's a five dollar milkshake um, in a in a forest with with trees that exist i think the five dollar milkshake comes from the lollipop guild oh yeah they have a five dollar milkshake in munchkin land yeah or obvious obs yeah and uh, when galinda shows up uh to be like are you a good witch or a bad witch she's like i'm not a witch uh she sticks around in munchkin land and that's where she meets uh vincent and they have a, a milkshake in munchkin land that works well that's been our show (laughs) <laughs> the mashup between between all the different movies that we think would be a great mashup to see remakes Hollywood. Please take your please please take our ideas. Give us lots of money for them. And producers, give us a call. That's one eight hundred. Don't call us. We'll call you. Corey, got anything more to say? <laughs> if you have a fun movie mashup that you'd like to share with us, hit us up on Twitter at Switch Envelope or on our Instagram at Switch the Envelope, um, and let let us know uh, which of these movies you'd actually probably like to see. Uh, or like I said, if you have uh, your own mashup movies that you think would be fantastic ideas, let us know. We'll continue the conversation. You can uh, like and subscribe uh, to this show. Leave us a comment. Tell a friend about us. Uh, you know, spread the word, spread the love. We appreciate it. We love you. Uh, you can always go to switchtheenvelope.com for all your Switch the Envelope needs. You can also direct your friends to switchtheenvelope.com for all of their future Switch the Envelope needs. And that just about does it. And we want to let you know that we have a new podcast coming out on the Riff Laugh Network. The podcast is going to be The Hollywood Dead. It's going to be a little different. It's not going to be as comedy. It's going to be more of a true crime podcast. But check it out when it comes out. It's a docupod. Docupod. Or a true crime docupod. Okay, so um, that does it for us. Go see two movies at once. One on your phone, one on your TV. And we'll see you later, Switches. <laughs> later, Switches. Each episode written and produced by Jeff and Corey for Riff Laugh Productions. All episodes mixed by a random dude in a garage. The following episode has been a Riff Laugh Production. <laughs>